It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On v of the Great Peters and Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. We've got an absolutely superb hour coming up for you guys. We're going to be joined in 15 minutes by Rob Donaldson. He does great work with the show slash podcast, Rob's Best Fed Show, and we're going to be diving in a little bit more on this college basketball card for Thursday. I know that he's got some picks and some winners. We'll try to see if he's got perhaps a few futures, whether it be in the NFL or the MLB as well. As pitchers and catchers reported on Wednesday, so... And it's always a big giant bundle of taking a look at that front. We've got to be taking a look at what we've got ahead of us, but at the same time as well, taking a little bit of a look towards the future because I'm personally someone that really got two main sports, college basketball and baseball, which actually fits really, really well. And for those that are looking to try to get into this a little bit more, if you're looking to just have sports that you try to handicap, I would say some of the best advice to you is to, if you have like two or three primary sports, Try to not have them blend in with one another. Like trying to be a person that specializes if you're going away from football in both NBA and the NHL and having those as like your two feature sports, that might be a little bit difficult because they do happen at the exact same time. And that means that it's going to be very, very hard to be able to take a look at them both day in and day out. Whereas if you have like the NBA along with honestly, major league baseball, that actually works out halfway decent because when the MLB season starts up. The NBA season is starting to get to the playoffs. And then when baseball really winds down, that's when you have the NBA season starting up, things like that. So I always think that that's a good piece of advice. And I think the best piece of advice I can give you is always have a team that has your back. And fortunately, here at VSIN, I've got that. Everyone behind the scenes, they are the best in the business. You've got my producer, Dan. He does a great job keeping me in line, which that is not easy to say the least. And on top of that, he does a great job setting up this show, being able to get all the great guests aboard as well as I know that he also does a tremendous job helping me out in terms of being able to gauge a fight game over there with the UFC as well, which now we are getting more into fight season as well. That's going to be absolutely tremendous. And Dan, he always does great work. We appreciate him. For those that are watching, whether that be on Visa.com, YouTube TV, one of the hardest tasks here at the network is trying to get me to look halfway presentable in a video format. And Isaiah... Somehow, someway, he does a masterful job every single time. We appreciate his efforts. If you're watching on Visa.com YouTube TV, you also see all those tremendous graphics and everything like that, all the odds. And Isaiah, he's our man that is in charge of all of it, and he always does a great job. If you're listening, whether that be on SportsMap Radio, the iHeartRadio app, Visa.com, just wherever you're able to get audio of Visa, it is Taylor, our audio engineer who does a tremendous job. And... He's always 100% decided on what he's going to do. He's a Chicago Bears fan, so they need to take his advice. Do they go with Fields or not? Personally, maybe it's not a popular opinion, but I think that you, you stick with Justin Fields. You know what you've at the very least got with him. And I mean, for Mr. Caleb Williams, I think he's going to be a solid quarterback. 
yes, but I feel like that's a little bit more of a risk, whereas he could put a more weapons around our good friend and Mr. Justin Fields, who looked very good towards back half of this season. So I do think that that's the way that the Bears should be going. And I hear the round of applause from Taylor and good to hear that he agrees with me. And I'm sure that something that myself and he agrees on is that we always have the podcast up, running, and absolutely tremendous thanks to Jaren's. Jaren's, he does a great job of making sure that everything, after the fact, it is all up. If you like this show, The Greg Peterson Experience, or really any show here at VSIM, whether that be Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, Sharp Money, The Handle, every single hour of every single show, you go to vsim.com slash podcast, or wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, list goes on and on. You're able to listen after the fact to every single one of those hours, so, Jaren's, he does a great job there. And on top of that, he's in charge of our Twitter slash X feed and posting up all the video highlights from the show. Always does amazing work. Everyone behind the scenes, they do absolutely an astounding job and they make all the content here at VSIN just as great as it is. They are the best team in the business. And as I always say, because they do such a good job, I need to do my part and I need to pick some winners. And we are back up to 20 games above 500 with regards to DK Network right pick. And I tried to have someone come at me on Twitter slash X, one of the more hilarious things I've ever seen. Because when you're 60 and 40, it would take 20 straight losses to be able to get back to 500. So that makes you 20 games above 500. The debate was, are you 10 games above 500 or is it 20? The answer is 20. Don't overthink this. It's simple addition and subtraction on that one. So... There was that, so that gave me my good chuckle of the day, but you know what, you're able to laugh a little bit easier when you're hitting at 60% rather than when you're hitting at 40%, and now our task is to be able to keep this thing going, and on Thursdays, for those that have been taking a look at these write-up picks, typically we'll go to a little bit of a smaller conference. You do have a lot of these smaller conferences coming to the forefront, and I think that it's very important to be picking games based on the edge that you've got and the amount of money that can be made on that game as well, rather than just being like, oh, here's the big game of the day. I have to pick that one. No, you don't. You can pick whatever the heck you want. A bet on Abilene Christian versus UT Rio Grande Valley is going to catch the same as that on Minnesota versus Purdue, and that's what we are taking a look at, 755-756. You've got UT Rio Grande Valley, the old Vaqueros, who are playing us to Abilene Christian, and Abilene Christian is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, and your total on this game is between 149 and 149.5. A game that I'm sure Aunt Susie, Uncle Jim, and everyone is going to be huddled around the TV for because you got the two worst teams in the whack going at it. But that said, this is a write-up that I'm going to be taking a look at the over on because both of these teams are a rocket ship with regards to their offenses. UT Rio Grande Valley, ninth in the country in terms of total possessions per game. Abilene Christian, top 45 team in the country with regards to total possessions per game. These teams run it and gun it, and they're not looking to shoot threes as well. As we're taking a look at Abilene Christian versus UT Rio Grande Valley right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and these teams, they're very much downhill teams. They're very much looking to get to the rim in this one because you've got a pair of teams that if you look at the three-point shooting numbers, they might have you a little bit off-put with regards to this total, and I say don't feel bad about these teams being awful from three-point range. Let's call it what it is. You've got a Vaqueros team in UT Rio Grande Valley that they're 337th in the country in terms of three-point shooting percentage. They're shooting about 29.1% for three-point range. Abilene Christian, more around 226. They're shooting in the neighborhood about 32, 32.5% from three. But if you look at percentage of points that come from made threes for Abilene Christian, that is 22.1%. That is outside the top three internationally. Meanwhile, for the Vaqueros, the 11th lowest percentage of points for any team that has come from three-point range. They only get 21% of their points that come from three. So that means that 79% of their points in instance, in this instance, they come from made two-point shots and made free throws. And that's what I am meaning by percentage of points that come from made threes. And with UT Rio Grande Valley, has been a little bit of a tough time for this team recently because they have been dealing with a few ailments all throughout the season. It's not like their offense has been necessarily a, a flamethrower to start out with, but they've been dealing with the injury to Hassan el -Akim. He was able to do a very solid job being able to shoot in the high 30s from three-point range, supplying the team with a double-figure amount of points. He's been out of the fold in the last few games, but that said, while he's been out of the fold, it has been a case where the offense, it has been struggling a little bit more, but on the defensive side of things, UT Rio Grande Valley, they just continue to be a massive sieve. 
And if you want to take a look at UTU Rio Grande Valley in terms of their numbers against D1 competition, because I do think that that's important to do, UTU Rio Grande Valley, they actually play against a few non-D1 teams every single year. But they have now surrendered at least 74 points in 19 out of the last 21 games against D1 teams. Oi, that is rough. And you've got an Abilene Christian team that they are about 160th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, but they play just a certain style that leads to a lot of points. And by that, I mean Abilene Christian, they are looking to generate turnovers. This Abilene Christian team, in terms of turnovers forced on a per possession basis, they're a top 40 team in all of college basketball, but they gamble for turnovers. If they don't generate a turnover, they leave themselves very, very vulnerable on the inside. And I was talking about it a little bit before. Neither of these teams shoot it well from three-point range. Both of these teams are looking to get it to the cup. And guess what? Both of these teams are terrible at being able to guard inside the arc. You've got a Abilene Christian team that's 273rd in all of college basketball in terms of opponent's two-point shooting percentage. UT Rio Grande Valley, 278th. Now, I do think that in the end, Abilene Christian is going to be able to pull out this game. You've got for Abilene Christian, a pair of guys in Ali Abdudiba, the transfer from Chicago State, along with Arian Simmons, who have been able to supply you with about 28.5 points per contest. With Abdudiba, he shoots about 43.5% from three. And I do like Hunter Jack Madden. He's been able to shoot 40% from distance for this Abilene Christian team as well. Supplies the team with 12 points per contest. But with Abilene Christian, they do a nice job turning defense into offense. And when they don't come up with that steal to be able to lead to a fast break opportunity, they leave you with an open basket. So I do think that you're going to get plenty of points in this one from a pair of teams that they are looking to play at warp speed. So my right up here is going to be on the over. And with Abilene Christian, I do think that they're the better team. It's been a little bit of a rough go of it. But without El Akeem in the fold, you really don't have a lot with regards to this UT Rio Grande Valley team. You've got Dalen Williams, who's been able to give you a few rebounds. But or Grand Valley, well outside the top 250 in terms of their rebound rate. They're not guarding the arc. They're really not doing a whole heck of a lot. Well, in general, we're just going to call it what it is. So this is a circumstance where I did set Abilene Christian as a three and a half point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay the two and a half with them and my write-up that is on this total over. I personally set my total at a 155 and a half. And when it comes to the whack, you got better teams that are going to be playing as those are the two dregs of the conference. But I mean, it has been a very interesting year in this conference in general. And with Seattle, they have been a very good team at being able to cover numbers. And we'll see if they're able to do so here. This is 779, 780 on the card. Southern Utah is a four-point home underdog at home against Seattle. Tonon's game is 147.5. And with the Seattle Bunch, they're a top 50 team in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And, I mean, what Mr. Victor has been able to do over there at Seattle has been absolutely remarkable. And it's a circumstance where you've got a Southern Utah team that's actually made you a lot of money. They're covering two-thirds of their numbers against the spread this far this season. But I do think that they're going to run out of steam. The Southern Utah Bunch, they do rank in the top 75 nationally in terms of opponent's three-point shooting percentage. But they're outside the top 200 with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis. I like what Rob Dieter is able to do. But I just feel like the Seattle team is all the more fearsome in this spot. I did set them as a five-and-a-half point favorite. If we've got time, I'll go into a little bit more depth, but we'll lay the number with Seattle. Semi-total 143 and a half, diving in on the under as well. And we're going to keep the college basketball chatter going up next with Rob Donaldson, who does great work with the Rob's Best, Best Show here on the Greg Peterson Experience of Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. Be able to subscribe today and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdowns on every single game. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99. That is vsin.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. It is always great to be joined by this man, Rob Donaldson. He does great work with the show slash podcast, Rob's Best Bet Show. And Rob, it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, as always, Greg, thank you for having me on. And Super Bowl's done, which means we're we're almost halfway to the March Madness starting up and conference tournaments and everything flowing towards bracketology. I I'm excited. I love this time of year, but it also is kind of bittersweet that we're we're saying goodbye to football for the time being. It is a little bit bittersweet, and I do want to ask you before we do wave complete farewell to football in terms of the 2024 season. Is there anything in terms of the futures market that you might be taking a look at? You. I would be a little bit surprised if you've got a whole bunch of futures right now, but is there anything that you might be keeping your eye on coming into the NFL season slash a team that maybe is on your mind thinking, all right, if they make this move, if they make a trade or something like that, there might be a little bit of value on them. Yeah. You have to absolutely look at the teams that have the capital, right? Or even just the young pieces that are on under roster control. And those two teams really are the bears. And I would say the Falcons. Um, and, and with the Falcons, you have a new regime with a bunch of talent on, on both sides of the ball and obviously some good draft position there as well. They just got to kind of figure out the quarterback situation and all of a sudden they're golden. And who knows, you know, what can happen potentially at quarterback in a stack quarterback draft class and a bunch of trade rumors flowing around with Justin Fields and Russell Wilson and whoever else. So, yeah, you got to look at those teams that have just enough capital to get it done or just enough young guys under control with limited spots to open up. So take shots on the Falcons and bears at plus money and feel pretty good about it. Yep. I do think that that's a good way to be able to go about it. And when it comes to the Chicago bears, I really do think that the best thing that they could do is be able to retain Justin Fields. I liked what I saw from them towards the back half of the season. I'm not sure if you agree. So I disagree because the great debate is, do you draft Caleb Williams? Do you stick with Justin Fields? But I feel like if you could stick a few more weapons around fields, because and he really was not working with too much this season. I mean, there's a chance that they could be able to keep things going. And plus, with them keeping Matt Eberflus, I mean, it's a case where you've already got chemistry with the coach. Yeah, and, and let's get real here. I mean, we just saw Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. Like, uh, I, Brock Purdy has played really well and honestly has really impressed me. Kind of showed some shades of Tony Romo. It's kind of what I was taking away from the Super Bowl where he's extending plays and just doing enough to do his job and, and not really turn the ball over. And we've also seen guys like Ryan Tannehill in the past year, few years, even win double digit games. So to say that Justin Fields isn't the guy and you got to go out and just overhaul the quarterback position with a rookie feels very drastic and feels like a definitely a, a wrong move to make. 
So with the Bears, I think you just bolster around what they already have, and you're sitting in a great spot. We'll see if if the fan pressure gets to him because I know it's pretty uh, heavy in Chicago, but I think they're sitting pretty with Fields and all those picks. Yep, I'm right there with you, and we do have to bring this up just a little bit as well because I know that pitchers and catchers were able to report for baseball. I'm not sure if you're too much of a season win total, and I personally will be honest, I am not too much of a season win total guy. I am very much one that I love taking a look at the baseball slate once the college basketball season ends, making some money with regards to day in and day out baseball. Don't do as much in terms of futures market, but is there perhaps a team or two that does have your attention going into the baseball season that, you know what, maybe in terms of the futures market, whether that be a season win total, a pennant, you're able to go down the list of insert your favorite future here that might have a little bit of value. You know, I it's going to feel very, very public and also very, very popular. But the Yankees finally feel like they have a balanced lineup to get it done. Uh, they're adding lefty, righty, lefty, righty on, on overlaying. And, you know, their pitching staff is finally looking like it might not just be an injury disaster waiting to happen or just kind of banking on a bunch of guys to return to form. And so for that reason, if you can find them at plus money to you know, win their division, which I'm seeing out there, or just kind of win um, over, you know, 100 plus games. Uh, I, I think the Yankees are a great spot there. And, you know, I also kind of like fade and angle, angle in the Dodgers because one with the, their starting rotation and, and adding Clayton Kershaw back. Yeah, that's great. But they're also in a little bit of a decline in terms of his performance over recent years. And also Shohei Otani is not going to be in that that rotation as well. And so you kind of have a lineup that has all this star power and all this billing, yet their win total is sitting at 103. I, I think that's a little bit too lofty, and there's a lot of expectations that might kind of fall short in L.A., um, so I definitely like taking a little bit of a pessimistic route with the Los Angeles Dodgers there. Yep, with the Los Angeles Dodgers, their expectations are going to be so high, and we shall see how all of their acquisitions are going to be able to fare this offseason as they bolster the pitching staff, which that's, Really, in my opinion, the biggest concern that you do have with the Dodgers because it just completely broke down on them towards the back of the season last year. But for the Dodgers, we shall see if they're going to be able to bust through in an NL that I'm sure is going to be of very much intrigue this upcoming season. As joining me on the show, we've got Rob Donaldson. He does great work with the show slash podcast. The Rob's the best show. Joining me on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. And first things first, let's take a look at what I think is actually the biggest game for this college basketball Thursday, and that's the Purdue versus Minnesota game. Minnesota right now finds themselves as pretty much across the board, 16.5 point underdogs, totals between 146 and 145.5. How do you evaluate a team like Minnesota that has been a bulldozer against the spread, 20 and 3, but now they're going to face by far their toughest task yet because Purdue, they have been a bulldozer all season long in their own right with regards to on the court and being a top five team. You know, Minnesota is one of those teams that, like you kind of nailed it, they've been a moneymaker all season long because of their against the spread record. That said, they've kind of been overperforming is what it kind of feels like. And even last time out against Iowa, you know, they were up 20 plus points in that game and then lost the second half 34 to 52 and, and just kind of fell apart. Well, Carver on, on Sunday, on Super Bowl Sunday, was absolutely empty. And now they're stepping into Mackey Arena against the Purdue team that absolutely matches up and really eliminates the Dawson Garcia effect if he even plays. It doesn't even seem like um, he might even play in this game because of an injury that happened against Iowa. And so if Dawson Garcia is out and you have the Purdue guards who are playing really well, you have Zach Eady barreling down low and you have Mackey behind your back, this kind of has the makings of a Purdue runaway 30-point winner here. Yep, and with Purdue, this team has been just so good in so many aspects of it because last year they were tremendous on the defensive side of things, really didn't have the offense. Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer, bringing in Lance Jones, that has really been working out well for them. And certainly do want to be taking a look at Dawson Garcia and his status. I think he goes, but I always think that it's very important when you take a look at college basketball. Just because a guy goes doesn't mean that he's going to be 100%. And that's always the misnomer with that as well because having out there a guy that's at like 65 70%, would that be a whole heck of a lot better than having an understudy come in as well? You do have to be asking yourself that. I do think with Godson Garcia, probably a yes, but that's always something that you do want to be taking a look at because injuries, they can be tricky. And you know what else is tricky? Trying to figure out what in the world Memphis is because I feel like they were just very much built up during the beginning part of the season because they knocked off Missouri. <laughs> Michigan and Arkansas. <laughs> you look at those three wins in November. They look great right now. They have 
age like milk. And right now you're finding Memphis as about a one to a one half point favorite totals between 136 and 136 half. And with this Memphis bunch, they just aren't playing any defense at all. And they play against a polar opposite team in North Texas that is certainly not as talented as Memphis is, but they do the little things well. They get their style. And I like North Texas in this spot, playing on their home floor in Denton, Texas. Oh, yeah, I am all over North Texas is actually my favorite bet of the day. Um, I got them on the money line laying a little bit of juice minus 115 minus one at minus 108 is also a great bet there, too. But North Texas, man, this is a team that and I don't believe in do factor. I'll, I'll preface it with um, saying this about college basketball. I don't really believe in the do factor element as I do with a team, a sport like baseball. At the same time, North Texas, the last few games, when you look at their late claps against South Florida, their late collapse against UAB, their late collapse against Florida Atlantic, and their recent loss against SMU, where they were leading pretty much the entire way through. Those are the best teams in this conference, the American Conference. And now they're at home. All those spots were on the road outside of UAB and SF, um, USF. And I really do think that they pour it on into an overrated Memphis team here. And I think the win-loss record on UNT side over the last five is really helping this line stick where it's at. And... Yeah, you said it. Memphis got a lot of billing after some really overrated type wins. And I don't even know how you get worse by adding a guy like Naquan Tomlin. But somehow they pulled it off. And yeah, them going on the road in Denton, Texas. I think North Texas is going to smoke them here. Yeah, I thought that that was very interesting as well, because a lot of people thought, oh, Tomlin's coming into the fold. This is really going to be able to help them out. No, that has not been the case at all. It has been a rough go of it for Memphis out there in the American. And Atlantic has not been able to cover a whole lot of numbers out there in the American as well. So the two teams that we perceive to be at the top, not necessarily been your top teams in terms of your bankroll, but a man that does a great job of being able to make you some money for your bankroll. That'd be Rob Donaldson. He does great work with the Rob's Best Bet Show. And coming up next, we'll take a look at some mid-major plays for Thursday with them on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by Rob Donaldson. He does great work with the show slash podcast, Rob's Best Bet Show. And Rob, we'll dive into some men's college basketball in a second. I know that you gave up some great plays in the last segment, but first things first, I want to bring this up because you are actually going to be in attendance for the Iowa basketball game that is going to be happening on a Thursday. And you might be saying, Greg, Iowa basketball played at Maryland on Wednesday. I'm talking about the women's game and Caitlin Clark for pursuit of history. And let's see, she scores single digits, which I'm sure that Caitlin Clark maybe had a single digit game in her career. But I mean, that is something that is a very, very, very rarity. And I don't think that that's going to be happening here, but She's chasing history, and right now there is a number up at DraftKings in this game. Iowa is laying 18.5 points. Total on this game is 154.5. Any sort of a handicap on a game that should be pretty darn historic out there in the great state of Iowa on Thursday. Yeah, you know, there's going to be a lot of great games tomorrow in the college basketball world, but in terms of an atmosphere, this might be the craziest. It's going to feel like a, a mishmash of passionate college basketball fans, uh, fans of Caitlin Clark. It's going to feel like a celebrity, just like movie show or concert. And for that reason, you know, I think the Hawks just kind of pour it on here. Um, Carver's already been sold out for quite some time. And um, yeah, I think this is going to be one of those spectacles that Caitlin gets pulled when they're up 25 in the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden the place just erupts and it's just going to be a great visual uh, to put on TV. So I'm definitely in favor of laying that 18 and a half. Yep, with this Iowa team, they're coming off of a pretty stunning loss when they went on the road against Nebraska a few days ago. So we shall see if they're able to avenge that. I do lean to them being able to do so. That said, 18 and a half, it's a pretty big number. But this team, as we know, when Caitlin Clark gets going, my goodness, very hard to stop them. And when this team gets going, well, I don't know if they're as unstoppable as the Iowa women's side of things. But you know what? Things could go relatively well for them. It's E.T. Arlington. They're going to be playing us to Tarleton C. Tarleton C finds themselves as an underdog on the open of four and a half. This is one up to five in a lot of spots. Drills between 141 and 141 half. How do you decipher this game with the Tarleton State team that typically they play relatively slowly, but they've actually cranked up their tempo a little bit going up against an Arlington team that they've really underwent a tempo change from the previous season as well. 
Yeah, yeah, and I really like the tempo change that UT Arlington has kind of imposed, and I, I think they're a lot more balanced, kind of similarly to an Iowa State, just at a much lower degree. Um, I think that they've gone from a pure defensive bunch to a team that actually can score with some of the best teams in this conference, and I, I, I'm really impressed with it, just how they kind of match up with Tarleton here. And, and Tarleton, you know, the record-wise, you would think that they would be the ones maybe laying two and a half, maybe one and a half, or just kind of a pick spot. But I do think that sometimes a line can be really telling you a lot here. And in a rivalry matchup with UT Arlington playing the way that they are um, and how telling this minus four and a half, minus five line is, uh, I really do think UT Arlington is going to be winning this game and winning it convincingly. With UT Arlington, it's been such a fascinating team to take a look at because the one thing that does have me out on them a little bit is the turnovers, but this team should be able to dominate on the glass as well to help offset that. And when it comes to this spot, it's a team that has the uh, top score in all of college basketball not quite as good as Caitlin Clark has been on the women's side of things but Tommy Bruner is putting up north of 25 points per game for Denver now they're going to be hosting a North Dakota team that knocked them off the first time around and don't look now but North Dakota's actually won seven out of their last eight games which has been one of the bigger <laughs> renaissances that we've been seeing in mid-major college basketball this year because North Dakota's not been good for quite some time. That said, this is a line where we're finding Denver in a lot of spots as a three and a half point favorite. Totals in that neighborhood about 158, 158 and a half. How do you take a look at this game with having by far the top player out there being on the side of Denver and Tommy Bruner, but this also being a little bit of a top heavy Denver team? Yeah, well, I'll tell you about February, and you already know this, Greg, from you know just watching college basketball over the years. This is kind of time of the year where a lot of these overachieving teams kind of start to bite the dust a little bit. I mean, we just kind of saw South Carolina get brought down to earth against Auburn. Um, we've seen UWGB even lose tonight against Northern Kentucky at home. And, you know, there, there, I think we're going to see a handful of other teams just kind of crash and burn after riding high for, for a good month, two months. And one of those teams that I think is going to end up kind of getting humbled a little bit and brought down to a little bit more close to 500 in terms of the record is going to be North Dakota. And also when you factor in that Denver has one of the best home court advantages in all of college basketball with their altitude and just how the well they play on that home court. Uh, I think three and a half is a very easy number to lay here. So I'm, I'm all over the, the pioneers and I think they get it done convincingly. They're looking to pioneer a nice win as for Tommy Bruner. It's been a big year and Tuki Tanamo as well has been able to do a nice job yeah. hitting the glass with about eight boards per contest. For them as well as we've got Rob Donaldson who does great work with the show slash podcast for Rob's Best Bet Show. Joining me on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And one of the most interesting things in this college basketball season has been watching this Arkansas State team. I can't remember the last mm -hmm. time I've seen just so many teams like Arkansas State and I'll throw out their Oakland since you mentioned UW Green Bay and the Ryzen League. Both of these teams are giving up more than nine points fewer per one arm possessions when they're on the road rather than at home. You typically expect a little bit of a home and road split. You typically don't expect it to be a team playing much better on the road with their defense than at home. But here we are with this Arkansas State team. They are a six to six half point underdog against Troy. Totals between 156 half and 157. How do you take a look at this one with the Troy team has been really good against the spread and an Arkansas State team actually playing better defense on the road? Yeah, and I'll even um, praise Troy a little bit here. Everybody's talking about App State and James Madison in this They've league. They've been good. But... Yeah, take a peek at the standings. Troy is right there at the top alongside them uh, with the same exact record and actually has a couple tiebreaker wins over them as well. And But at the same time, um, I am going to poke a hole right back into Troy right after just kind of showing some praise on them. The Sun Belt every single year is one of the tightest leagues after the first one or two solidified spots. And I'll even go as far as further to say that there's never really a solidified spot in this league. Um, anybody can get God on any given night. And like you said, Arkansas State has been traveling well. They've been playing pretty good ball. And when you're looking at a line like six and a half, six, five and a half even, um, I, I think that's just far too many points to lay with a team that can definitely hang in this ball game. And again, you know, I, I would kind of harping back to this point, but February is the month where a lot of these overachieving teams start to get humbled a little bit and have a little bit of a target on their back and kind of fall short of expectations at times. And Troy might end up winning this game, but I do think it's going to be a tight ball game and Arkansas State's going to have a chance to win it. So I'm all over the points here with the Red Wolves. Yep, the Red Wolves have been an interesting team to say the least. They underwent a coaching staff change during the offseason as well. And now 
under the assistant from Alabama. They have really been just running it and gunning it. It has been a lot of fun to be able to watch them this season. And it's been interesting to watch this team as well. Loyal Marymount, the last time we saw them, they got lambasted against Gonzaga. They lost that game 92-58. to Now they get the return trip. And this is a number that on the open was more around 13, 13 and a half. Now we're seeing Loyal Marymount in a lot of spots. It's about a 14 and a half point underdog. Total house game, about a 150 to 151. Do you think Loyal Marymount can fare a little bit better this time around against a Gonzaga team that I feel like this might not be the world's best spot for them after they got a big win against Kentucky? And it might be, as our good friend Wes Reynolds puts it, a little bit of a fat and happy spot here for Gonzaga. Yeah, fat and happy spot, a hangover spot, call it what you will. But I do think traveling on the road twice, and especially after you just picked up the the big celebratory road win that they just did, um, sometimes you can fall back to earth. And the way that I'm actually choosing to play this game is I am taking the points at plus 14 and a half, but I'm even just kind of going for it a little bit here and taking a money line shot. You know, and I'm going to lay something actually convincing and something that matters substantive wise. Um, from a dollar amount standpoint on the money line here, just because, hey, you know, if, if I get the points, I get the cover, it'll pay for the money line and then some. But a money line hit when you're actually kind of going for it can potentially make your night um, any given night of the week when you're sitting at plus 800 plus 700 in that range. So that's how I'm choosing to play it. Not getting overly too invested. But if the money line hits, I'm going to be a very happy person tomorrow. Well, if that does hit, you're going to be buying me Texas Roadhouse because that would be a very, very nice <laughs> hit to say the least. And I'm sure that you'd be able to buy yourself a few very nice meals with that as well. And when it comes to the uh, slate that we've got for Thursday, it is a very expansive one. We've already run through quite a few games and got about 80, 90 seconds left. Is there one or two more that you do have your eye on for this Thursday? Yeah, I'm taking a look at Northeastern. You know, also what kind of happens in February and March um, is that the coaches and the great coaches start to kind of reveal themselves. And I would put Bill Cohen uh, for Northeastern and then the Huskies in that mix in terms of great mid-major coaches. He's had a lot of great Mid-Eastern um, Northeastern teams over the years. And yes, Charleston is a, is a big brand. They're a good team. And Pat Kelsey is also a great coach as well. But at the same time, Northeastern is starting to play a little bit better basketball. This is a rivalry game that is kind of heated up since uh, Charleston has kind of joined this league. And Bill Cohen, man, you know, he's going to put his uh, cards on the table in February and March and try to get it done. So plus four, plus three and a half, wherever you can kind of grab this line. I think Northeastern is going to be in this all the way through. And, and that's plenty of um, that's a full possession. And then some to kind of get with the Huskies there. Yeah, Ben, when it comes to the Northeastern team, they're a top 25 team in the country in terms of opponents, two point shooting percentage. And they do a really good job down low. So I do like that look there. And. We always love getting you aboard, Rob. You're a wealth of knowledge and do a great job with your show slash podcast, Rob's Best Special. Always appreciate it. Thank you. Always appreciate having me on, Greg, and best of luck rest of the show, man. Absolutely. A big thanks, Rob, for joining me. And coming up next, let's dive into that college basketball board right here on the Great Peterson Experience of Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize promo code VSIN when you do. That is V-S-I-N because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crowd is yours. We're back here on the Greg Pearson Experience on Visa. The Sports Bank Network was great to be able to chop it up with Rob Donaldson the last few segments, taking a look at some college basketball as well as just a little bit in terms of the NFL for this upcoming offseason. There's going to be a lot of intrigue there. And trust me, there is a lot of time to talk about the NFL offseason as we are many, many months away from having football back in our lives. But right now, it is prime time for college basketball. And we've been taking a look at a lot of these mid-majors. We've been looking at the Sun Belt. We've been taking a look at quite a bit in terms of the American. How about if we head out west and we take a look at the major power conference that is going to be in action on Thursday, and that would be the Pac-12. And I think that this is a really good revenge spot for the Huskies. 803-804 on the betting board. Stanford is on the road facing off against Washington. Washington does find themselves as a four-point favorite. Total on scheme is between 159 and 159.5. Now, the Stanford team has been playing a little bit banged up recently. As Jared Bynum, he was the main facilitator for the team. Out north of five assists, so less than two turnovers per game. He's been out of the fold for the team for quite some time, and they've tried to get him back, but he's been limited to like eight, ten minutes when he's come back and has had no impact whatsoever. So I'm thinking that we're going to be seeing either him try to come back and really not be able to do so, and or just be out of the fold altogether in this game. And for Sanford, what you do want to take a look at for the team is they've got some of the most demonstrative home and road splits. Turns their offense at all of college basketball. This team is a flamethrower in terms of their three-point shooting when they're at home. At home, they shoot well north of 40% from three-point. And Jeff, for that matter, for this Sanford team, among their top five players that have made at least one three this year, four of them do shoot at least 38.5% from three-point. So they've got good balance up and down the boulevard in terms of their three-point shooting. This is a team that overall, with regards to their three-point shooting, they're a top 40 team in all of college basketball. The drop-off when they're away from home, it is precipitous and it is massive. As for Sanford, they shoot 34.1% from distance away from home, 43.5% at home, and they average about 20 points fewer for one-hour possessions in a roadside shoot court environment. And their defense, it does take quite a bit of a tumble as well. The Sanford team, they're outside the top 175 in terms of opponent's three-point shooting percentage. And with regards to the Sanford team, in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, they're clocking in 164th in all of college basketball. So I do think that after we saw this game go 90-80 to 80 the first time around when this game was played at Palo Alto, I do think that you still get a lot of points up on the board. Washington, they're a top 30 team. In terms of total possessions per game, they're looking to run it and gun it, but I do think that the script is going to be flipped. I did set Washington as a 4.5-point favorite. You've got Keon Brooks, who supplies for the team 20 points, 6-plus boards per contest. He's been able to do a rock-solid job with that regard. And then on top of that, you've been able to get some really, really good facilitation out of this team in general with Paul Mukai when he's been out there. Not really giving you a lot of scoring, but it's just able to be a stabilizer. Now, Xavier Wheeler can sometimes get a little bit out of sorts. Sometimes he turns the ball over a little bit too much, but he's able to make those dynastic plays to be able to give this Washington team just a little bit more of a leg up in general. And with Washington, you do have guys that are able to do a solid job of being able to shoot from three-part inch. It's something amazing, but they've done a good job of being able to mix and match all throughout the season with Washington. They don't turn the ball over a whole lot. 
about 12 turnovers for contest considering their tempo that's not too bad going up against the Sanford team that while they have Maximine Raynaud who's been able to average a double-double he's been able to give the team right around about 13 points and rebounds per contest that's him this is not a team that necessarily dominates on the glass I will say for Washington they've been dealing with quite a few injuries I know that Franny Kepadog has been in and out of the fold all season long that has been a little bit of a damper to them but I do think the Washington gonna be able to do a solid job down low they face off against the Sanford team as just 154th in the country with regards to rebound rate and for Washington they're right in that same vein as well but a better rebounding team at home and I do think that with Sanford playing away from Palo Alto that's going to get to them in this spot. I did set Washington as a favorite of four and a half points, so going to be one to lay the number in. Looking at the over, semi-total, 160 and a half. I do think that this is not good enough for late game filling in. I do think that the defense in this game is going to be a little bit more optional as well, as I do think that it's going to be in this Pac-12 game as well. As we are diving in on the Pac-12 for this Thursday, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa. The Sports Bank Network is 827-828. Bottom game on the board between USC and Utah. Utah opens up in... A relative pick'em game slash just a one-point favorite now. They're a one-half to a two-point underdog. Total on this game between 148 and a half and 149. Now, the good news for USC is that they've got their full allotment of guys back in the fold as they were dealing with injuries to Isaiah Collier along with Boogie Ellis. Top two scores, pair of guys that give you 14-plus points per contest. And in the case of Boogie Ellis, he's been able to shoot north of 40% from three-point range. But this USC defense is awful. They are right now outside the top 275 in terms of opponent's three-point shooting percentage. They just have not been able to get right all season long. And for USC, you typically expect the perimeter defense to be not so great, to say the least. But you expect them to be relatively good on the interior. They don't have a single guy in the roster that gives you north of five rebounds per game. As a matter of fact, DJ Rodman, yes, that is Dennis Rodman's son, has been your top rebounder on the team with about 4.9 rebounds per game. And... He just really has been inconsistent all season long. Vincent Iwachuku has not necessarily given you a lot down low. You've been able to get a few blocks out of this team with Joshua Morgan doing a solid job there. But past that, it's just been an unmitigated mess for USC along with the team. Turned the ball over about 12 and a half to 13 times for contest. It has been not great to say the least. And they go up against a Utah team in which Utah have Brandon Carlson who's able to do a nice job giving you seven boards per contest. The only thing that I can decipher in terms of why this line might move is that you're dealing with an injury to Walt Raleigh Worcester with Utah, but he's been out for like five games. Like, this is making no sense to me. You've got Davion Smith, who's actually been better than Raleigh Worcester ever since he's taken over. It gives you Darnier six assists. He shoots it well from three. He doesn't turn the ball over. That's big. Now, with this Utah team, a little bit of buyer beware with them on the road. This is a Utah team that... I've been talking about home and road splits with these defenses all night long. And Utah team is one of the biggest examples of it. They are giving up a whopping 22.1 points more per one-hour possessions in a road or neutral court environment rather than at home. Not great to say the least, but you've got a USC team that they themselves are not good with their defense, whether they be at home, whether they be on the road, on a neutral court environment, or on planet Pluto. They just have not been able to guard a soul all season long. So this is a circumstance where I do think that you're going to get points of plenty. I did something I told 150. I'm looking at the over, but I do think that Utah going to exploit a USC defense that has been about as shocked as Sherman. So we're going to be taking a look at the money line here with Utah. Made them a four-point favorite. So thank you for that favorable line move. And I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as well. Let's take a look at a defense that is not as soft as Sherman. Actually, you've got one that is pretty bad, and you've got one that's really good in this matchup. That'd be 825-826. It is St. Mary's, and they're going to be playing us to Pepperdine. The Waves of Pepperdine opened up as a 19.5-point underdog. This has come down a little bit. Now we're fighting this line between 18.5 to 19, and your total is between 132 and 133. On the opener, I was not seeing a lot of value on St. Mary's. I did set them as a 19-point favorite. Now that we're starting to see some 18s pop up, now that we're starting to see this number come down, this is becoming my buy point on St. Mary's. St. Mary's has been a rock on defense. Number three in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And they're not one of those teams that's going to mess around with getting a bunch of steals. They're not going to be playing some amoeba's own defense or anything like that. No, these guys, they just go at you. They say, you know what? You want to be able to get some freedom of movement. We are not going to allow for it. We are going to absolutely make you earn every single bucket that you get in this game. 
And with regards to St. Mary's, you've got yourself a team that does a really good job of not allowing second chance opportunities as well. One of the top teams with regards to defensive rebound rate in the country. You've got Mitchell Saxon, couple with Joshua Jefferson. These two guys, they've been able to combine for about 13 rebounds per game. You've been able to get some really good production as well out of Aiden Mahaney. He was at go-to score a season ago. Got off to a little bit of a slow start to begin this season, but now I'm shooting in the mid-30s from three-point range, and I do think that the perception of St. Mary's after what happened in November still has the team a little bit undervalued, and truth be told, it took me a little bit to be able to just wash out of my just eyes in general what I had seen in the first few games of the season because there were quite a few clunkers of performances, but now they've got things really rolling, and they go up against the Pepperdine team that is allowing the teams to shoot in a roto-neutral court environment, and this is an actual set. 47.5% from three-point range. Now, I think that they've been the victims of bad luck because if you take all the opponents that they have played on the road, in an empty gym, they might not shoot 47.5% from three-point range in these sorts of circumstances, but... I mean, for Pepperdine, it has not been great to say the least. In terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, 348th in all of college basketball. And under Lorenzo Romar, this Pepperdine team has had a really tough time hitting the road in general. They do bring back Javon Porter. That is the brother of Michael Porter. He's been able to supply the team with about 12 to 13 points per contest and has provided absolutely nothing on the defensive side of things for this Pepperdine team. Meanwhile, for Pepperdine, you do have Houston Mallet along with Michael Jay. They've been able to combine for about 24, 25 points per contest. They do a relatively solid job of being a pop-up from three-point range. So I do think that the 132 is a little bit low. I do think that Pepperdine finds a way to be able to put a few points up on the board, but I do think that for St. Mary's, absolutely take it to a Pepperdine team that, well, they're playing no defense whatsoever. I'm going to be looking at the over, and if we can get down below 19, that is my buy point on St. Mary's laying those points. And coming next, we do have to step into the lab and try to gain some chemistry with college basketballs. We drum up some winners right here on the Greg Peterson Experience. I'm Nisa, the Sports Betting Network. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.